So I'll say, okay, so the goal here, and we'll use the dentist again, the goal here is to get their butt into the operatory in a chair so you can look in their mouth. That's really the goal, right? Because after that, marketing's done, now it's you. So they're like, right, all right, so what has to happen before that? Well, we have to get them into, an, we have to have them make an appointment. Okay, so now we go back one step and make the appointment. Now, how do they know they have to make an appointment? Well, they have to either go online or phone someone. So now you back up one more step. And then once you've got all those steps done to the point where it's, you're putting an ad in front of someone who doesn't even know that that dentist exists yet. Now you go back the other way. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad to have you here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Richard. Richard, thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure. It's great to be here. Awesome. So give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you do for business. So who am I? Um, well, I, um, I'm i a lifelong entrepreneur. I've, uh, I've only ever had one job in my life where I worked for a paycheck. That was for a period of nine months where I was helping a friend out and uh, I ran his business for him while he was building a new location because he was working at his, his own general contractor and uh, once he had completed that um, we both agreed that I was essentially the worst employees ever had and, uh, <laughs> <Nice>. and unemployable <laughs> and therefore it was time for me to step back out into my own so I I started working uh, my family as you can tell from my last name is Mennonite so it's it's usual to put the kids to work at you know the ripe young age of 12, which is what my parents did. And I've been either in a family business or my own business or in 100% um, commission sales my whole life. So essentially I've been, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I eat what I kill. That, that's really what it comes down to. And it's led me to um, where I am now, which is with, uh, Rogan marketing and I'm I've spent most of my life doing doing either, initially sales and then into marketing so I unlike most marketers I, I have a sales background so I, I understand the dynamic between the two which a lot don't and um, I enjoy going into businesses where the owner is usually usually some sort of technician like they they are their business they're a butcher they're a mechanic they're a plumber um, or you know, a professional like a like a lawyer, but they don't know how to market, and they don't know how to make the transition from marketing into actually getting sales. So, I, I love doing that. Um, every business has unique challenges, and the most fun is being able to take something that works in some other industry and moving it to one where it's not traditional. Because most most businesses tend to be fairly Amish within their industry. Like they look at <laughs> They, they look, I have never know, had anybody say that on my show ever. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look with that outside their community. So, you know, if you're a plumber, you go and look at other plumbers' websites. You know, you don't tend to go and look at, a, you know, a, a pediatrician's website, right? So everything they tend to give you is, well, I want you to do what this other plumber did. And I'm like, is he really successful? Well, not really. And then why do we want to copy him? You know, so so, so it, it, it's, it's fun in, in a lot of ways. Um, you tend to get a lot of pushback, which um, takes a while to get used to because they're like, well, that'll never work in our industry. Has anyone tried it? No. Well, let's try it. Worst thing to do, we turn it off. And uh, and yeah, so that that's what I do. And I, I 
you know, we, you and I have known each other for a while. I just, I love what I do and I'm kind of unique in that niche. There's not a lot of, not a lot of people that have my background that have, you know, been self-employed their life to do what I do. So it's, it's, it's fun. So let's just dive right into things because you hit on a bunch of great points. One in particular is borrowing kind of best practices or things that have worked from other industries. And for those not in digital marketing, uh, probably don't realize that for years now, SaaS or software as a service has honed in on almost an exact science for selling products online uh, because one, they're ingenuitive. Two, they they create momentum before they've even sold their product, which is absolutely outstanding. And then three, once they go to do it, they're keeping the data and the stats on what works, what doesn't, and they're constantly looking at that data in order to be able to perfect that system. So I'm going to give it over to you. Do you want to talk about the difference between traditional marketing and digital marketing, or do you want to talk about um, kind of specifically what makes digital marketing work well? Uh, we could probably do both because they Let's integrate so well. So, yeah, like I, I come from, so, and for those of you that haven't been able to guess from the gray, I, I've been around a little while. Um, and given that I started as young as I did, I, you know, people kind of, kind of look like how long, how long have you been in business and selling and well, 48 years. And they're like, how old are you? Well, I'm 60. You know, it's like, oh, okay. So I came from a time when, you know, advertising was, it was radio and newspaper and, you know, that kind of thing where there, 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 there was no internet. It's, you know, I, it just didn't exist. It wasn't a thing. So, you know, <laughs> there, so, you there know, were radio like, waves. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, there were, there was a time when like, oh, look, we got an email. You know, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> now I get, you know, 600 a day. I'm like, damn email. <laughs> it's just like, um, but the, the, the interesting part is the, the fundamentals have not changed. They, they are exactly, you, you still have to have messaging that is very similar to what we had in 1981. So the difference that digital has done is, is it has allowed you to eliminate a whole ton of waste. You know, for, you know, for example, we used to have, you know, we, we would run a full page ad in the yellow pages, you know, and that was great. But if you got that ad wrong, you were stuck with it for a year because you can't just go change it. And whereas with digital, like your yellow pages now are Google. And if that page isn't performing, you go in and you make an adjustment. And in five minutes, the new one's up. It's, it's great because digital will give you, it'll give you the data and the insight that you need to say, all right, so now I don't have a yellow page. I have two, you know, they're now called landing pages and we will split the traffic. We'll send, you know, you know, a thousand people to page A and a thousand people to page B. And then we look at the results and we say, Hey, page A is significantly outperforming page B. So page B is out. And now we're going to test A against C and you're always testing for those winners. And it's so much easier now to do, but most businesses are still stuck in the, I need a blank, whatever that is. Like, uh, you know, I need a website. Okay. That's really broad. <laughs> what, you know, what is it specifically about the, do you want in the website? 
And typically they'll talk about their product, their services, what they do. It's about them. I went to this school. I've got this degree. We have these products from this manufacturer. Very few take the approach of here's how we can help you. We solve this problem for you. We can get rid of that aggravation for you. We can help you grow your wealth this way. It's more, you know, so you, you have to turn it around so that you can really start to grow those businesses. And, um, and that it just take, it takes a, a, a real significant paradigm shift for most business owners because they all tend to get hung up on their thing, whatever their thing is. Um, digital makes that far, far easier. And the data that you can accumulate if you set things up properly makes it so that you make really, really good decisions going forward. And, um, and I'm sure you've heard of it, but there's the saying that, you know, little hinges swing big doors. And if you have, uh, you know, if you get, if you go from say, say a hundred people see your ad and one of them respond, versus you do a little tweak and now you get two of them to respond well you didn't you didn't increase your 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 end result by one percent you increased it by 50. like you've, you've doubled it you essentially you've you know you've, you've got a it's a huge increase and that's something that digital allows businesses to do that they couldn't do years ago or if they did you had to be a really big business because it was really expensive now it's cheap it's really cheap to do it a little bit of investment up front, but then ongoing, it's cheap investment. I think you're muted. Yeah, you, I, you surprised me. I There was a whole train of thought that I thought you were going down and going, okay, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> going, I do that. I, I, I just run out of words. <laughs> All good. You know, we don't, we don't have to pay for them. It's all good. You get, you get as many as you want. <laughs> Awesome. So when you're working with somebody, is there usually kind of a, is there a process that you take them through? Do they need to have some prep work done ahead of time? How does your process work? You usually all I ask them to do is, is send me what they're doing so I can, so I can go through it. And a lot of times I'll play prospect, like I'll go onto their webpage and I'll, you know, fill out the, the contact form or ask for the newsletter um this is going to sound really bad but most of the time i'm pleasantly shocked if someone reaches out to me um or if i actually get a newsletter because rarely do i get one um you know that that's the biggest thing is to to look at look at what they what they've got first and then see where the gaps are and, and i i refer to it a lot as most businesses have a huge amount of half-built bridges they go halfway across the chasm and then you fall off and that's that so the the process for me is you know and I'll, I'll say okay all right what we asked what they're doing we're running facebook ads okay show me the facebook ad and i see the facebook ad and then you know they'll show you that and then i'll click it and it'll take me for and i'll give you a great example because it's a it's a local dental office here and they wanted to increase their dental implant business okay great let's see the ad. so they had a, actually they had a really good ad and i clicked the ad and it went to the home page of their website which curiously did not have the word implant on it and i'm like okay so if i get to this page and i'm showing them the page what do i do here and they go well you need to do this and this and this 
Um, okay, if I don't call you, how do I know what to do? And then the lights started to go on and I realized you, you're like, you're making way too big of a jump here. You're going from, I have no clue who you are to book an appointment. Dude, uh, take this do tunnel down around the corner yeah. with the bright light at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, so. and literally it's like, Hey, welcome to our website. Please take the red pill. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't do <laughs> no. that. You know, you know, most people will take the blue pill and leave. You know, that's, <laughs> so it's, it's, the first step is always going through that process. Okay, so if they, and a lot of times you have to do it backwards for them because if you do it forwards, they jump too far all the time. So I'll say, okay, so the goal here, and we'll use the dentist again. The goal here is to get their butt into the operatory in a chair so you can look in their mouth. That's really the goal, right? Because after that, marketing's done, now it's you. So they're like, right, all right. So what has to happen before that? Well, we have to get them into, an, we have to have them make an appointment. Okay, so now we go back one step and make the appointment. Now, how do they know they have to make an appointment? Well, they have to either go online or phone someone. So now you back up one more step. And then once you've got all those steps done to the point where it's, you're putting an ad in front of someone who doesn't even know that that dentist exists yet. Now you go back the other way and you say, okay, so they've been on your landing page and you're giving them the, uh, seven things they need to know seven things that 60 year olds need to know about dental implants offer if they're there what do you do if they don't get that offer and they're like well what do you mean well people are going to come to that page they're going to see the offer they're going to be like me they're going to be 60 years old they're going to need an implant but they're not going to fill out the little form to get the to get the information that you're offering what do you do with them then and that's when they have no idea and that's where you have to explain all right here's where we talk about retargeting which is where we're going to take a little pixel we're going to pixel them on your on your website so that now you can track them around because really you want to get that that first person data where you can communicate with them directly via email or postcard or phone call but if you don't there's these the second tier information where you can say to let's say they came from a facebook page and if they don't ask for that form you now say to facebook hey all these people that saw this page but didn't get the 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 you know the pdf or whatever they were offered or they didn't watch the video start showing them this series of ads and none of them do it and it's always a shock to them and they they give you that look of like we can do that uh, yes you can do that and it's legal yes it's legal <laughs> it's like well what if they find out they're not going to find out. Like, <laughs> well, you want them to find out because you, it's the whole you, point is that they want you yeah. and you want them. That's yeah. how I'll, do you get to clarify it? You, you want them to find out about your business. You don't want them to find out that you've been pixeling them. <laughs> so there's. Is there anybody out little... there that doesn't know that at this point? I mean, at this point, yeah. I think most people get it that as soon as Somehow, they, yeah. I mean, the freaky part to me is when you start talking about something and then all of a sudden you start to see the ads. That's not about pixeling. That's about something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and especially now because the 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 uh, the different media are making it much more much more difficult to narrow down specific people. So it is anonymized a lot better than it was in the beginning when you could narrow it down to one person. Oh, come on, let's be honest. All this has done is stop small business from getting you. Big business is still getting exactly where you are and how oh, yeah. you're doing it and where you're doing yeah. it. So don't yeah. get yourself on that one. Yeah, the data and, and, is still the data. If if yeah. your Google and, phone knows where it is somewhere, Google knows yeah. where it is. <laughs> yeah, 
Absolutely. And, <laughs> and but again, we got to grow to get to that point where we can afford to access that data. But you know, that, that's ultimately that. the long term goal. But but that that's usually the process for us. And then what we do, and, and you've seen how we map them out, is we mm -hmm. literally graphically, because most most business owners have trouble um, picturing th this whole pro this web in their head. So we take that web that they have described and we we make it in a two dimensional graphic like a like a flowchart, so they can actually see where all these things are, and they can now see where the holes are, which is the which is the big one. They can identify where the where people are literally falling into into the trash can, which is what's happening with their prospects. So, right, I love it because a lot of times when people talk about their well, we always talk about knowing your ideal client's ideal journey, and most people don't have a clue what that means and certainly don't have a clue how to get them there. And when it comes to kind of strategic changes to a website like this, a lot of times I find that the, the C-suites will go, okay, we don't want any fundamental changes, just change what you need to. And it's like, no, we need fundamental changes <laughs> because this isn't working. <laughs> like you, you need to be a part of this because this is a business decision. It's not just I'm going to change, uh, you know, colors on your website. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about here because fundamentally to understand who is your target market and who are you addressing, one could mean building out more landing pages because you don't necessarily want somebody that's six-year-old that needs dental implants going to your homepage and you have the opportunity after that to go, oh, okay, so is there a difference, like just saying, in this, using this as an example to carry on, uh, is there a difference between a 60 year old and a 40 year old or a 20 year old or a 90 year old? And if so, who's then the next market? Is there a next market or is this kind of 80% and you're not worried about it and now we're gonna go on to you know, Invisalign or something like that that they offer. So in understanding how fundamental these decisions are to a business, um, I think it's really important that people understand that this is, it is a business decision. Yeah. You, you need to be involved in this with the right people. If somebody's not asking to bring on the CEO, I think it's a, <laughs> probably not using all your money in the best way possible. My yeah, well, that, that's when two problems happen. Um, and, and one of it is you're now relying on, so for, so as in, in my perspective, I'm now relying on an employee to have to explain to whoever they answer to what we want to do. And there's no way I can impart all the knowledge they need to know to answer questions that a C-suite executive is going to ask. It's just not possible. And as a result, what happens is, um, they don't they don't get anywhere near the results that they ought to get for the money that they're spending and it's 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 frustrating beyond belief when they're like no we only want to do this and you know it's not going to work as well as it could if you could get access to the right person to say look here's here's why this is a bad idea and here's how you could for very little expense change and usually it's zero in a lot of cases here's how we could significantly improve this for you but you have to be able to get access to them and i, I get it um executives are busy 
there there's you know it's just the nature of you know when you're running a business you're always feel like something's on fire but part of part of you know dealing with those fires is putting in a fire suppression system you know that and you have to make the decision to do that <laughs> so um yeah it's it's critical to get you know the, your ultimate decision makers involved and it's with especially with larger businesses if you get to the point where there's now 10 plus employees and you know i always use the number it's roughly 250,000 revenue for employees so you're looking at a 2.5 million dollar business or up there's um always going to be in that business there are going to be people who can not make a decision to say yes we want to do this but they can definitely say no so for example if the sales manager who has no decision making process you know over the over the whole thing says no i don't want to do this then it's dead like they they can't say yes but they can definitely say no and you have to be able to identify who those people are so that you can you can keep them in the process and at least if you can get them on side they they can't say yes but they won't use that veto that they have so it, it's you have you have to really understand all that dynamically as to what how all that that works inside of a particular business that, it's tricky it takes a while to get the hang of it um because all of a sudden you'll if you don't all of a sudden out of somewhere you go yeah we're going a different direction and everything seemed to be going great up until that point but somebody got their nose out of joint. Yeah, and that's where the danger point is. <laughs> so what are some of the obstacles that somebody might be having in their business when they're they're not optimizing the website, they're not getting the lead generation that they wanted, what else might be a problem that they might be um, thinking, oh, Richard, I need you so bad. The, the biggest one I see, again, is, is they talk more about um, their product or service. Instead of thinking about, and we always call it the moment, if I'm if I'm going to be looking at your product or service as a potential prospect, when I sit down at my at my computer or I pull out my phone and I open Google, what is my mindset at that moment? What am I typing in and why? And if you can unwrap, unpackage that. Okay, so um, I'm trying to think of it. So if, if you think of it in terms of, let's say, buying a vehicle. Well, the first moment is you, you're, you're driving. Well, I'll give you a great example. So I drive a, a 2020 Mustang and I'm starting to see the new 2024s, which are the redesigned one on the on the road. So the first thought for me is, hey, those new Mustangs look pretty good. That's the real base level one. I'm, I'm not at the point yet where I'm thinking about changing mine. And then I'll see them a little more and I'll say, you know, I really like that color. And then it's, um, you know, I, there's a lot of stone chips on the front of mine and, you know, the tires are worn out and it's going to start needing maintenance. And at each one of those steps, you're at a different moment. You're moving closer and closer and closer to a buying decision. And when you, when, if somebody were at a car dealership actually would think about how to bring prospects into their system nine months before they get to the point where they're going to like the the the, the mustang website and looking you know at the configurator where they can i want these wheels in this color and this engine you know that kind of thing 
and they had a way to start bringing those prospects in ahead of time, you'd have a very, very successful dealership. But that's not the car dealers are always like, buy right now, come on in this weekend, we'll give you a free barbecue and a TV and some other stuff just for taking a test drive. You're only getting the very bottom of the funnel there. Like you're not getting, they totally ignore the top of the funnel, which is insane. Fortunately, they all do it the same way. So they're all, and you know, it's, it's, they should all have it on their logo. We're no worse than anybody else. I'm like, well, that's, that's a really great motive. <laughs> but um, it, so it's, it's, it's that moment, like where, um, I, actually, I'm going to use my dad as a great example. So before my dad passed away, he was he was thinking of spending a a lot of money getting a full um, the dental implants or the dentures on the implants because um, it was you know it was forty five thousand dollars he was looking at spending, and you know my dad's in his late seventies. I'm like, hey, great if that's what you want to do, you know, by all means go for it. I'm just curious, like why why now why are you thinking of doing this and because of my dad's diet and teeth and everything else like he he typically um like he'd have soup and soft things you know like soft boiled eggs and that kind of thing and he's like you know i i, I really want to you know have enjoy a steak and a hamburger I'm, okay well great go you know go for it and his health deteriorated, never did get it done. And then um, two days before he passed away, I was up in the hospital and we were talking to him. And I said, so you talked about doing this. And like, you know, we got on the topic and, and I said, what was that really the reason? And I, you know, he knew, he knew the end was coming. There was no, he was terminal. And he said, no, it wasn't. The real reason was, um, because I had asked him, I said, you know, we always have like family dinners for like Easter and Christmas and, and you rarely have ever come to any of these things. You don't see your grandkids. You don't see your great grandkids, which he had. I'm like, what's going on? And it turned out that the reason he was thinking of getting all the implants and done was he felt very uncomfortable going to family dinners and not being able to eat with us. Aww. And so there's there if if that was the moment that actually made him think i need to do this now i never figured it out until obviously it was far too late okay. otherwise i'd have said 10 years before like you know you're not coming to dinner because you can't you know we have turkey and you got to have like a glass of goo um get it get this done and i would have encouraged but there's always those really really deep and almost always um, emotional, psychological motivations that are going to drive the decision to buy a product or a service, and they will always be backed up with logic. But mm -hmm. the the core decision will almost always be emotional. And as business owners, it's incumbent upon us to figure out what are those key motivations. So, um, the so flipping to uh, another client we worked with, which uh, a different dentist, we pre-pandemic, we did a lot of dental offices. And there, uh, you know, the one that we tapped into was they wanted to get new patients in. And one of the ways we we figured we could do this was to, um, we would offer brides, a you know, and, and talk about, you know, their wedding pictures and everything else. And, 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 we wanted to give them a free whitening if they brought the bridal party in. 
So they got theirs done for nothing in the bridal party because you want, you want all the bridal party to have nice white teeth too. So we gave them a deal and everything else. But then once they got the, the rest of the wedding party in, well, now these are people who have now been exposed to their practice. And we had a very robust follow-up process in and treated them like gold so that they would leave the practice they're at and come to theirs. And they did really, really well with that campaign because they, they, they used the psychological need for the bride to have really nice wedding pictures Mm-hmm. to get a whole bunch of people in because nobody wants to upset the bride so you know, it, <laughs> and it worked smart people because, yeah because we okay. tapped and we tapped into that psychological want to have great wedding pictures right right so um that's always that's always the part that is really hard to 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 deal with with you know with our clients because most of the time they don't know that real deep level. They know mm-hmm. the superficial one. Um, you know, my background, when I started, my parents owned a power sports business. So we sold fishing boats, snowmobiles, sea-doos, toys for men that burned gas and made noise. <laughs> and if you really think about it, and this is in Winnipeg. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you got five months of summer to use your $55,000 fishing boat. There is no way that you can justify on a price per pound of the fish you catch for the price of the boat. Like it's way, you could go to Costco and you buy, can the buy gold for cheaper. Fish, it would still be cheaper. Yeah. So the, the, for me, when I started really thinking about selling, when I'm selling a fishing boat and, you know, a man comes in like, do you have kids? Yep. Um, do you plan on having your, like, do you plan on bringing your kids fishing in? Yeah. So I'm just curious, is it, is, is this a way for you to, you know, you you said your son's 16, he's not coming to the lake. Is this a way for you to be able to spend time with him on a one-to-one? Yeah, it is. That was the key. We didn't sell the damn boat. We sold rebuilding the relationship with the kids. Nice. And, you know, and, you know, um, you can't see it. I got a really big award right up here from, you know, 1989 when, we're the number one boat dealer in, in Canada because we tapped into the emotions and sold those. We didn't worry about, you know, it's made of 063 aluminum and it's got 12,000 rivets and it's got enamel. Nobody cares, right? <laughs> it's, it's why are you going out fishing in the first place? Well, and I think too, there's a little bit of a nuance there, especially with this one. So some people will go, oh, you're just selling boats, but you're not. Because I think anybody who ever had a boat as a kid, those are the memories that they remember. And in order to get sucked into going to the lake with, especially with all the mosquitoes and crap that was going on, like there had to be this other side to it. And it's almost like it's the salesperson's responsibility to create those images and, and have you fulfill that dream so that they can articulate that to their kids effectively so that they're not talking about, you know, how many rivets are in the boat. They're talking about the experiences that are going to happen so yes. that the kids get out of the idea of, oh my God, this is going to be mosquito infested. They're going to hate my life. I don't want to do this crap. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and as, as you know, it, it, it sounds manipulative and, and, and the reality I is, think it sounds is. awesome. Actually. You know, it like, Sales is sales of manipulation, but there's also the intent component. Mm-hmm. If if I as a salesperson am going to use 
manipulation tactics to have you do something that I know unequivocally is going to have your kids 15 years, 20 years. And, you know, I, I've had, I still have my kids talk about it, you know, decades later saying, do you remember when we were at Grand Beach and you took us all out on the sea? Um, and, and I was talking to my, my eldest daughter about it and, and I'm, I had, I don't remember it at all, but she does. She, they remember stuff I can't remember. Oh yeah. And it is, you know, and they talk about it and it's, it's a beautiful, fond memory for them. Yeah. For me, it was just another day. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, but you know, those, those are, those were well worth it. Every single one of them. And, you know, it, you know, had I, um, you take a business that I wasn't in. So years and years ago, I bought a, I bought a Jeep, like a Jeep, Jeep, like, you know, take the doors off Jeep. And I took my twin girls out to, so Winnipeg has a, a, a basically a giant flood ditch around the east side of the city. And during the summer, it's empty. So you can, so we took, we took the Jeep down into this giant floodway and, and I let the girls learn how to drive down there because there's no cars, there's no roads, there's nothing. And my daughter Erica was, you know, when the last time I went to Winnipeg, she was talking about this day we spent in the Jeep. Yeah. I thought the Jeep was the dumbest thing I'd ever bought till that <laughs> moment. It was like expensive. It was hard to drive. It was uncomfortable. And, and it created memories for my girls that I, I cherish. So it, it's, it's that part of the sales process that most businesses get wrong. They don't, they don't realize what, um, how deep some of those, some of those services and thoughts go. So. I love it. I love it. And so many businesses need to know what those are. Cause it really doesn't matter if you're selling two by fours or tech, everybody buys emotionally. And if you know what those stories are, you can tap into those stories. It yeah. makes a huge difference. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start that journey with you? Easiest way is by email. So it's it's simple. It's richard at railgunmarketing.com. And Say that really slowly. Richard at? At railgunmarketing.com. <laughs> so. so where does this, where, I got to ask you the story. Where does railgun come from? Ah, okay. I actually get that a lot. So <laughs> years and years ago, uh, 1992 to be exact, uh, my, this is when we had the power sports business. My uh, family, we, one of the things we sold were skidoo snowmobiles. So it's February of 1992 and skidoo has announced that they are going to be introducing the new model year lineup in Edmonton in February. Normally my mom and dad who owned the dealership would go. They looked at where it was. They said, Edmonton in February. Hell no, we're going to Cozumel. You're going to Edmonton. So off I went to Edmonton. And um, Skidoo had had their keynote speaker and their, their and the guy's name was Dan Kennedy. Um, wow. <laughs> that was where I met Dan. Nice. So like an idiot, because I'm not supposed to do anything there. I'm just like supposed to attend. I bought all Dan's stuff, like everything, right? Company credit card, I bought all Dan's stuff. 
all comes and of course you know if you're if you've seen the old dan stuff it's horrible like it's like photocopies of photocopies of photocopies it's you know cassette tapes the labels fall off it's just you know the content is gold pure gold right so the month after my my mother gets the visa bill for the company and she's like what is this and i told her what it was we told you not to buy anything when you're now i want to see it so she sees it and she just glances at it. of course it looks like garbage right send all this stuff back i'm like okay no problem so i pack it all up and i put it in the back because i know what's going to happen the next month when she gets next month's visa bill she's going to look at the charges she's not going to look for missing returns so i kept it <laughs> And I started using all Dan's stuff. I joined all of his masterminds. And uh, at one point I was one of his, when he was still involved, I was one of their independent business advisors. And that was how I launched off into this. I got really good at doing what we did. Mm -hmm. Um, And then- um, But what does that have to do with rail gun? So if with, that's where I was going. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So you remember Dan's thing is magnetic marketing. Yep. Right. And something other, something else that Dan says is essentially is sniper rifle, not shotgun. Right. Right. So don't yep. spray your message out, pick a certain thing in the end. So a rail gun is essentially a magnetic rifle. Oh, <laughs> okay. So for those of us who aren't familiar with all the boy toys, <laughs> we will get that. Yeah. So it, awesome. the railgun uses magnets. It doesn't. Yep. It doesn't push the projectile. It uses magnets to literally pull it out. So That's I thought, awesome. well, okay. So magnetic marketing. We want to attract clients to us. There's the magnet side and sniper rifle, not shotgun. So it's a railgun. <laughs> so. Nice. That's awesome. Still. Talking about boy toys before we leave this one, I still have fantasy. Every time I go past a kind of a a roadway construction site, I always want to get in and and drive a Land Rover or a, <laughs> the boy toys are the they look like so much fun. Yeah, they are <laughs> They're the best. Yeah, they are. I've I've over the the funny thing about you know people ask like you know you you spent I literally spent twenty five years in the boat business. Yep. And to the point now where do I have any desire to have a boat? Nope. <laughs> but uh, the, the thing with the, with the marine business, particularly, you are, when things don't work, you're messing with people's holidays. The stress level is, is almost unbearable some days. Oh. You know, it, it had nothing to do with us. You know, they'd, They'd be out at, you know, Lake of the Woods in their boat and they'd run the thing over a reef and shear the bottom of the drive off. Okay, well, you hit a rock, you know, you, it's got, they took <laughs> the propeller works. right off of it, <laughs> but it's our fault that we can't fix it in like 15 minutes and get them back on yeah. their holidays. And you, you, you know, you, you now have a $50,000 canoe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, and then, uh, you know, you get the ones where, you know, we were at fault. Uh, I had one of my one of my guys bringing a, a client's boat back from Ontario, and you know it's ten at night. He's coming back. He's about eighty miles from Winnipeg, and and he hit a deer. And oh. man, the client's boat went rolling down the ditch like sideways, and it just it just totally destroyed it. You know, we had insurance, um, 
it, it's a deer. You know, nobody told the deer to jump in front of the truck. Um, you know, uh, so it's going to take three months to get you a boat. Yeah, but now it takes you know, and and if you try and order a boat in June, it'll get there in October. So yeah. you in, know, it's like, in Winnipeg, <laughs> super <Yeah>. useful. <laughs> so it's it is a very stressful business. Um, and it's well, that might, that explains why you can handle the stress of digital marketing tech because oh yeah, let me tell you, <laughs> this people is nothing get really. very upset when their tech doesn't work. Say, there's a typo. Like, yeah, yeah it's okay. You can yeah. still read it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've had it too. Is like you know we can't launch the site yet. Our logo is not ready. Nobody is going to buy or not buy your products or service because it's got the wrong shade of green in the logo. <laughs> sure you. <laughs> That was awesome. Bridget, I could talk to you all day long. You have been absolutely awesome. So any last words for our peeps? Um, the, the big one is stick to basics. Don't, you know, don't jump on every new thing that comes along. I see that so often. It's like, hey, we need to be on TikTok. You sell <laughs> hearing aids. You don't need to be on TikTok. Um, there, there's just, you know, if you've got it, as business owners, we tend to get tired of our stuff a lot sooner than the market does. So, and you went back to about digital and knowing your numbers. If your marketing is profitable and it's working, don't mess with it. Like just tweak it, keep improving it, improving it, improving it. You'll get tired of it long before the market will. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate oh, it. Great. I know how valuable it is. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. This has been just, just, this has been fun. Thank you. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedlack. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures, but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.